Welcome to the Adventures After Teaching podcast. If you're an exhausted teacher, this is your place to find inspiration for a new career outside of the classroom. I'm your host, Joanne Howard, primary teacher turned burnout and career coach. I'll be interviewing lots of amazing ex-teachers about their career changes and helping you see how you can use your transferable skills to leave teaching. Welcome everybody. We're joined today by Michelle, who is a youth and education wellbeing officer. Thanks for joining us, Michelle. That's okay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. I, I know there'll be lots and lots of people excited to hear about your role. So um, what's interesting about your position, Michelle, is clearly you're still working with children and with young people. And there are quite a lot of teachers, I think, out there that they still love teaching and they still want to be with the pupils, but they just need to get out of the kind of education system. Um, where were you before you were doing this? Were you primary or secondary? Uh, I was a primary school teacher for 23 years, um, mainly early years, um, but I did um, half of my career was um, doing supply and cover work. Okay. A mix, yeah. Um, Brilliant. Well, that's really yeah. interesting. So more of like that kind of professional supply route, because I think it can really work for people. Yeah, yeah it worked well. really well for me, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So early years background, I'm sure lots of listeners will yeah, be coming from that similar early years, wanting to be out and about and being mm-hmm. more practical, particularly outdoors, which is kind of what where your heart lies, isn't it? So did you read train as a forest school teacher, Michelle? Have I got that right? Yeah. So um, ooh, three years ago now, I decided to take the plunge and do forest school leader training. Wow. with Wiltshire Wildlife Trust who I now work for yeah. and um, yeah so I did that and then I set up forest school in the schools that I worked in where I did cover yeah um, and when I was covering I kind of snuck in that I could do forest school as I was covering and it kind of all worked really well and I set up spent a lot of time setting up the area and getting funding and and um, so yeah, I had a really good grounding with that whilst I was still training. Mm. And yeah, in the meantime, I started volunteering with the Wildlife Trust, which is a really good route in to see if you like the job and okay. um, loved it. And um, then I uh, started to do some part-time work with the Wildlife Trust while still teaching. Yeah. And then it just naturally kind of crossed over into moving fully out of teaching so wow fantastic yeah. so quite a kind of planned kind of strategic transition yeah. there You're just following following what you love and like yeah going going with those full body yeses I can yeah. imagine around that fantastic so setting up the um the wildlife areas etc in schools that was still possible in those kind of temporary supply roles that's really interesting that they were kind of utilizing your skills yeah I'd been at the school for um it was two academy primaries that were linked and yeah. one that had been there the longest I'd been there ooh, about five years there um so yeah I was kind of well established um people didn't really see me as you know they saw yeah. me as a full member of staff and mm. um yeah so it kind of that's kind of how it happened brilliant brilliant so if anybody is still in school at the moment and maybe has you know like a little a uh, patch of land on their school site that could be used for a forest school, something like that. What would you suggest 
they do like how how would they kind of give it the sell to the senior management team do you think what are the benefits of having having that on site yeah it's just uh it's sort of empowering people to know that you can take the curriculum outdoors. I mean, forest school is different to outdoor learning, but it's often a, a, a routine to help schools to get on board because yeah. they can link their curriculum. And um, a lot of the time people are a little bit nervous about it, but when they actually do it and experience it and they see how much the children absolutely love it and how much they can learn, then that kind of that kind of helps to convince people. There's lots of funding available um, from various places to 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 um, get you going and things as well. And it's just it's just finding it, having that person that's passionate for outdoors, finding other people within the school that are interested. Mm. Um, yeah, some schools have like um, a children's sort of eco team and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like to go out and. Yeah, so I remember my son doing that, like yeah, going around turning yeah. lights off and things like that. But you've you've touched on two like really impressive things that we can build or skills rather we can build out for our CVs in term, terms of doing funding bids. So, you know, if it is something where there's actually funding readily available, it's a, it's a quite an easy win in terms of getting mm. that experience of writing a funding application, you know, mapping out what yeah what the end gains are going to be like how you're going to measure that impact you know doing that impact evaluation and secondly that that project management um timeline really isn't it from from right from auditing the needs and, and thinking about how it's going to benefit the school and the wider culture and developing yeah. staff etc all the way again to that end process if you can do a project like that in school while you're still there you know we're thinking about moving on um those those two things are really key for your CVs and a lot of different jobs, not just the charity sector. Um, yeah, brilliant. So you said about volunteering. I want to pick up on that because mm. I think there are a lot of exhausted teachers out there maybe thinking, how on earth am I going to volunteer as well? But not everybody works full time. You know, people yeah. have all different working patterns. Um what would you say in terms of how you go about, I so suppose, finding a volunteer? experience that is suitable maybe um I what how did I do it I I I just I just contacted the wildlife trust and it, it, I suppose I was I tried to remember now if I'd already started my training or yeah. whether it was before training I can't remember but yeah just kind of look for the places you'd like to go and just mm. just contact them and say look I'm interested in most of the time they bite your hand off to have you yeah. and to have extra people um, and just say, you know, kind of come along and see what you do. And um, we've got a, like a volunteer coordinator yeah. who, who who matches people up and things like that. So brilliant. Brilliant. And what type of the places might there be um, locally? Like, So we've got, for example, like forest schools. I'm wondering if like even the National Trust, um, not necessarily forest school based, is it? But just in terms of getting a little bit of volunteer experience in a similar yeah. sort of field. Yeah, um, yeah. National Trust does. In, in terms of nature, there's Woodland Trust. There's yeah. um, there's all sorts of yeah different. See, that's a better example than National Trust. Woodland Trust. Yeah, yeah National Trust. Is well, I mean, National, <laughs> Trust, National Trust often have forest schools and um, on site and things and um, 
Yeah, there's, I think there's uh, actually job search websites for like outdoor jobs and things as well. So oh, brilliant. Opportunities within that. Okay, well, have a, so I'll see if I can find the link to that and we'll pop it with yeah. the podcast episode as well. That would be good. But I think any, you know, any, again, like for your CV, any sort of volunteer experience, particularly if you can work closely with the volunteer recruiter or manager, because, um, you know, most of you listening will have that kind of recruitment experience even in terms of working with learning support and you know maybe doing um performance management and that sort of thing and trying to increase engagement in roles but to work with volunteers again can be a really great thing for your cv as well so you gradually transitioned into this role michelle um and you say it was a part-time role to start with yeah so i was still covering a few days at school and then I started um leading at a lovely little village school where there were less than 40 children so every child got to do forest school on a Monday the older ones in the morning no the younger ones in the morning and the older ones in the afternoon and sometimes they all came out together they had a lovely area in the school and yeah and we just just got started like that and they were they were experienced forest schoolers they had more experience than me I think so nice um, and and the 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 wildlife trust were really supportive they let me go out with experienced leaders came with me the first few times and um kind of helped me out and and modeled things for me because even though you think oh I'm a teacher I should know how to go and interact with these children it it is a bit different and there are different things you need to think of um Mm -hmm. sort of risk assessing and um coping with the different weathers and children that are cold or hungry or some of them most of them yeah most (laughs) most of them love it they absolutely love it but some take a while to warm to it and things like that so interesting though isn't it the emotional uh the skills that you develop because that distress tolerance is really key isn't it and like you know, yeah kind of yeah we won't get into that there's like there's a whole other conversation about window tolerance etc and um, so by the sounds of it then Michelle in, with um the wildlife trust you're going in almost like a visiting education officer then rather than yes. working at a center which is how I think I kind of pictured your role yeah so it, it's different I mean some people go um go freelance and run their own forest schools uh, there's yeah. a school association which is definitely the go-to place for people interested initially mm. um they can give you lots of guidance and advice some some are freelance there's lots of different ways in which people do it um but we go either go into school grounds um and do whole whole class groups or nurture groups for children with additional needs um, yeah. all different ages or we um, take individuals or sometimes a couple of children out to nature reserves and, and wild areas, um, and that's generally alternative provision. They're either not in school or or just needing some time out of school. Yeah, um, we take them and we take all our yeah. We we you have to have you have to have the, um, a big boot because you've got to take all your gear with you most of the time. So. Amazing. Um, pack everything in. So I've got a big forest school shed at the house and pack everything up and then take it off with you and then use it and then put it all away again. And 
Mm. It sounds really varied, like a really varied day to day. Like, yeah, I was going to say, what does your what does your everyday look like? But by the sounds that you could, there's lots of different places you could you could be. Is it like a set timetable for you then, like per term or? Yeah, how does it work? In um, so we work, some children and young people, we work with for six weeks, some for years. It just right, really okay. varies on their needs. Some are, some are working towards starting new schools. Mm. Um, we have work experience groups for teenagers. Uh, there's all sorts of all sorts of different scenarios. We also have um, school groups that come in and do workshops at our, um, our reserves and things like that so um but yeah I guess a typical day would be to um pick a child up and a support worker so a support worker with us um and yeah take them to a reserve and then it's very forest school is very the philosophy is very Mm child-led so we would tend to bring some things along we think they might be interested in but it could go off on a completely different tangent yeah and that's just what's wonderful and so many of the children they finding school hard but when they're outdoors and they're in nature like all of us yeah they absolutely thrive and we just it's just such a privilege to work with the most amazing children and young people and just see them come alive and Mm. get excited and and yeah they're just so clever and I'm just in awe all the time and yeah so we 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 never we might have a rough idea we we do plan and things and but and we have targets and things that we will kind of work towards with them yeah agreed with the schools or whoever you know whoever's asking us to work with them and but um yeah it it can it can go anywhere but that's what I love about it I think the early years background is really helpful for that because as a child-led play um yeah and it's all about having fun whilst keeping safe they learn so many life skills as well you know maybe not one for the hypervigilant teachers amongst us that (laughs) risk assessing everything we are looking at so yeah it might need to uh yeah the the earliest background I can see would really really work in terms of the curiosity and the exploration and yeah it sounds amazing and what about your um cpd like do you get to to do continuing professional development with the organization yeah so we've just done leader training on friday and we'll get together and a lot of the time we're sharing expertise within the team because we've got all sorts of people we've got ex-teachers we've got people who've worked in conservation so the knowledge within the team Kind of like the nature knowledge and then the kind of the 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 education knowledge and the well-being we do a lot of work and well-being we had a we had um in september we had a play therapist come and talk to us because a lot of our work does feel like play therapy yeah um we're not trained play therapists but she gave us some really good advice and um that was amazing and yeah we might share practical skills sometimes we're indoors sometimes we'll have uh, our meetings will be around a campfire and um, yeah so we get regular trainings and and we have um really active whatsapp groups where we all help each other because sometimes we don't see each other for a long time we were all over Wiltshire and it's a big county Mm. Um, and so we we keep in touch that way and just everybody's really lovely and anybody can ask a question about anything and somebody will know the most obscure thing about nature or or just advice if people are having a bad day because yeah some sometimes people you know they can feel a bit lonely if they're not working with many support workers so it's a really good network to yeah to look after Mm. each other 
Right. And that makes such a difference, doesn't it? The team you're moving to when you're coming out of teaching, I think, because yeah. that sense of belonging is so key for so many yeah. of us and keeps us in schools maybe longer than we sh- should stay. Mm-hmm. But um, I think most people I speak to on the podcast, they feel they feel valued in their roles and they feel like they belong in a team. It sounds like you've, kind of, you've yeah, got Yeah, we've really got well. such a strong team. We've, we really have a lot, say a lot of us have come out of teaching and a lot of us have had struggles within that and needed a different life or or our kind of our philosophy on education has changed I know I know mine was gradually changing anyway but once I did the training it 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 jumped even more and it was just Mm -hmm. like I I just couldn't be in that setting anymore obviously it's needed and it's it's right for some but for me that kind of yeah, the children always talk about what they love most is like the freedom. And I think mm. I think the adults feel that as well. We just, yeah, and we support each other really well. We have like quarterly reviews and we're, we're looked after, you know, we're really looked after and we have we have discussions about things. If, if you know, if something's not going so well, there's no kind of blame culture or anything, yeah. like, you know, sort of like with the risk assessing, you know, we, we'll talk about it and we'll be like, oh, what could we do differently and things like that. And mm. Yeah, yeah. We really trusted it was it was hard to get used to that trust to start with it was like this is strange but good and you know mm-hmm. gradually you, you're you're trusted to do your planning in the way you want to do it and how, it's a bit like how we with the children how they learn best yeah we're allowed to we're allowed to learn and and produce what we produce and communicate how we do um in our own way which is really lovely yeah yeah amazing amazing so if if somebody were interested in following a similar route um you've talked a little bit about the training already Michelle is are there different types of training like different levels like um yeah how, how would you go about exploring that um so you could do a level one which is re- a real basic sort of introduction to forest school and they some people offer that I've seen that offered for free so that's a real right. sort of intro um, and then level two is support worker. Um, so that allows you to support. So we, when we take young people out, we have also have a leader and a support worker, or sometimes a TA comes okay. from a school. Um, and I do support working as well, which is which is really interesting because you learn so much from the yeah. leaders as well. So I love I love doing both. Um, and then level three is leader. So in order to lead, do the level three leader qualification. Mm um and then I think there's a level four which um is allows you to teach people to be yeah. forest school like the train the workers well. train the trainers yeah. yeah um so we've got like line managers and they're all trained to do that and uh I think there might be a level five I don't know I don't know if I might be making that up but I think there might be I'm not sure what that is but yeah so so those are the those are the different levels and uh yeah brilliant the the training is the training is really interesting it's a real mix of kind of the pedagogy and the the woodland management and Mm. um loads of loads of teacher skills come into it of the planning and you do six sessions um you run six sessions of forest school which you then write up and do observations and things and then you do you put together a portfolio so when I did mine 
we had two years they've moved it to one year now which isn't which is enough time if you get yeah. on with it and <laughs> don't procrastinate too much but mm-hmm. yeah it was it was it was hard at times but it was also really enjoyable really really enjoyable you kind of learn a lot so um, and we had a lot of support from the wildlife trust to to um get through it all as well so. fantastic because you can self-fund can't you? I mean ideally you know if you're still in school and you can get it funded is um yeah amazing and that is kind of like putting that business case together I think for the school and being able to say like you know this would be the return and the gains for the, yes. for the students over x amount of years but um yeah. I I um I self-funded and yeah. for my training we were allowed to pay in installments as well which okay, really that's good to know. Yeah. yeah but um I I did think about asking the school, but I kind of had this feeling that I might be thinking about moving on. So yeah. I thought that I wanted to to fund it myself. So yeah, fair enough. And that, yeah, it just gives you that more control, doesn't it? Like you said, on, on that exit. So in terms of like the um the job market, I suppose we've heard different interviews from people um working in, in different alternative provisions. And I think like as a qualification certification it is a great one to have isn't it even in in different maybe alternative provision roles um what are the opportunities out there in terms of um that that full-time I suppose employed role um versus going down the more like freelance route like is it something you can do and get a job in I suppose is what I'm asking uh, we've got a real mix where we are we've got okay. full-time and part-time I I know people that you run their own forest schools and and do that full time. Right. Um, some of it, I guess, depends where you are. I mean, some areas have. I know um, in Devon where you are, I think there's quite a lot of forest school provision are, yeah. and Somerset, yeah. and um, it just depends who's who's who set things up and things. I guess yeah. a lot of us are currently part time. Some of us are full time. Some of us we we have um, term time contracts. We have people that work all year round. Okay. Variable, variable hours um, contracts, so you can kind of, you know, do it in lots of different ways mm. to make it fit. Some of someone that works part time and then doing counselling training, and people, people, people mix it up really with their other things and their other interests. And some people take other roles within the wildlife trust as well. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, lots of opportunity. I think with, I think a lot of teachers that come into the academy and they have this idea that they may, maybe need a full time role and and not everybody goes down that path. That like a lot of people do end up with these kind of portfolio yeah. careers where you're you're yeah kind of offsetting you're paying the bills with something you're passionate about or building a business. Um, yeah. the more you build your confidence around those skills, maybe the yeah. maybe the easier that. Yeah. Um, there's a really good book actually which I can I can send you information about from the Forest School Association yeah. about or building a forest school from the ground up or something like that and it's it, literally this big thick manual that everything you'd ever want to know about setting up your own forest school and just about yeah. forest school in general so if somebody was thinking about doing it themselves, um, it it gives you everything. They they, they put it together because they used to get so many questions and like right, let's just put. <laughs> there are good. There are forest school podcasts as well. Um, the um, social media, Facebooks. There are absolutely loads of different Facebook pages about everything there's even ones about forest school songs and wow lots of uh i'm sure we chatted before michelle about membership sites i've definitely had a conversation with somebody about building a membership business around Um, forest school activities yeah yeah you probably could there were just yeah 
there, there are so many. So it's it's really really helpful. Mm. A lot of knowledgeable people out there, and, and a real passion for it. Event like you know, yeah, other like scout associations and things like that. Like people yeah. are like really passionate. Yeah, passionate the Forest Green Association have a big conference every year where everybody can get together and just learn loads of new skills and have speakers come and chat and inspirational and amazing yeah really cool if I were on a job site I'm just trying to look for a related job what are some of the titles that you might search for I guess I guess you put in outdoor learning obviously forest school um education well well-being um yeah yeah that's it like just those key words that help so you're yeah. a youth and education well-being officer so yeah the well-being or outdoors um yeah obviously like forest school as yeah, well practitioner and okay. wildlife trust search for that because we I think we are the biggest wildlife trust in terms of our education department um we kind of looked on as a good model um but other others do it as well and yeah, so you've got like the RSPB, haven't you? And other yeah. like, more of the conversa- conversa- oh, conservation. conservation. <laughs> <laughs> what's happened to my words today? But yeah, those more edu- the education officer, I suppose. Some of those roles, whilst you might be yes. quite broad, some of them might be um, to do more to do with outdoor learning. So maybe worth looking at education officer uh, roles as well. Yeah. Any any final kind of top tips, Michelle, for any teachers that have a real passion for outdoor learning some really good clothing and layers <laughs> and waterproofs and I mean we, we get our uniform provided so we're very lucky uh, uh know that you've got lots of transferable skills um yeah know that in, in in our particular area that everybody's like to be really supportive and passionate about the same things as you yeah uh, know that you'll see children in a different light and and you know children that might have been struggling in school you'll just get that that wonderful feeling of seeing them you know thriving and um so yeah especially if, if you're interested in working with children with additional needs it's yeah it's wonderful that taking the time to be patient and listen and be, let them let them flow yeah, flow. yeah absolutely yeah. there'll be lots of teachers out there that are really craving that that freedom yeah. and flexibility to and, uh, yeah. that whole child, I and, and, and don't go expecting to know everything and and I mean for me the practical skills are, are the things I kind of really need to keep on improving I'm not mm. kind of an expert at making things with wood and things like that but that that will come over time and that will develop so don't kind of go in thinking oh I don't know how to do this or that you've got if you've got a teaching background you would be absolutely fine and and it will come and people will support you brilliant brilliant I'm so pleased that you've made this transition and have this fulfilling job it's amazing there's gonna be lots of people listening I wish I was doing what Michelle's doing (laughs) yeah I do people do say it a lot I I do It, it is a real privilege it really is yeah brilliant but quite cold at the minute I'd imagine or oh, it's gonna get cold it, it's, yeah I've got I've got even I know how many layers I've got on honestly and I, I ironically I'm someone that really feels the cold yeah me too but, I, honestly, I, it doesn't float yeah. my boat if I'm honest because I just, love I being outside and the thing is you, you're running around with most children and young people so you don't you don't really feel it or you just yeah. like the fire. <laughs> brilliant brilliant well thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today really appreciate it and um yeah I will make sure that we've got links to 
all of the different resources that you've mentioned today. And if people are interested, they can go and squirrel away and have a look at that. But thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. You've been listening to the Adventures After Teaching podcast with Joanne Howard. If you found this episode inspiring, please do like and share with other teachers. If you'd like to hear even more Adventures After Teaching, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to find out how the Adventures After Teaching Academy program can help you create your next career, head over to adventuresafterteaching.com.